Hello, this is the Internet Report's bi-weekly Pulse update, where we keep our finger on the pulse of how the internet is holding up week over week, exploring the latest outage numbers, highlighting a few interesting outages, trends, traits, and the general health of the internet. Today, we're going to be discussing the nuances and resulting outcomes of how networks interact with applications and vice versa, how to make change in an environment that is really 24 hours, and what happens when a planned change doesn't quite have the intended outcome. And to do all of that, I'm joined this week by my good friend and colleague, Kamal Sanjit. How are you, mate? How have you been? I know you've had a busy week. It's been ages since I last spoke to you. Uh, hi, hi, Mike. Good to be on the Internet Pulse. Uh, yeah, it's been busy, but, you know, busy is good, I would say. Uh, besides that, um, yeah, I'm looking really forward to speak about some of the observations that we had and some of the lessons that, that we learned from uh, these new events that we're going to discuss today. Before we get started, in terms of housekeeping, we'd love for you to hit like and subscribe so you too can keep your finger on the pulse of the internet each week. And please keep your feedback coming in. What we've received so far has been brilliant. And it really is appreciated and it helps us to shape the show. So you can reach out to us at any time at internetreport at thousandeyes.com and we'll do our best to address your questions in future episodes. All right, with that, let's get started and look at my favorite part of the week, the numbers. So if we actually look at the figures we've got coming out from there, so we've seen this increase as we come out of the January timeframe, we start to see this increase, and we see a slight dip coming into sort of the first week of this pulse update peak there. So that week of the 16th of January, we start to see a very small decrease, a 3% decrease. Again, this is kind of seasonal. It comes in there. We can say it's sort of more, more even there. But then what happens in going into the, um, the next week is we see this huge increase around from there. So we jump from... 245 to 373 observed outages around from there. That's like a 52% increase. So sort of nearly doubled or you know, getting on for it, to double there. This pattern's actually matched domestically. So I look at those patterns coming across from a, a North American perspective, which are the figures we can see there in black, the 57 to 102. Again, I see this big increase. Now, when I'm talking about this being um, uh, an impact or, or, or giving me the health of the internet, this is what I mean coming up from here. So as I said, I expect to see increases, but this is a large increase. And what this kind of tells me is there's some sort of major occurrence going on in this area there, which we'll get to in a minute we go from there. But, but what are your thoughts on sort of when we see these figures? You know, what does it sort of tell you looking at there? And this is quite interesting. In fact, like uh, if you think about it, we were coming off of the really quiet period. You know, there was a holiday season, um, you know, mm -hmm. change freezes going to the effect. Uh, people, you know, hopefully spend some time with the families, enjoying uh, some time off. And then what you end up seeing is, you know, uh, let's let's do our work all over again. You know, um, the fact that you post your, uh, you know, change management procedures and stuff like that means that, you know, they are going to pile up. And, you know, probably with some of these changes that were being executed, you know, sometimes to, to improve stuff, uh, but oftenly just to scale up the network, if you think about it, right? Especially yeah. for the large providers, you know, if you delay something that just means that, you know, there's going to be more on your plate uh, once you come back. So, um, you know, I'm, I feel like this, or it looks to me that this is actually just, you know, uh, uh, piled up uh, change management procedure related work plus, um, uh, plus scaling efforts and, and things like that. However, it, it, yeah. it's quite a bit of a jump if you think about it. 373 yeah. outages globally, that, that's a big jump. Now, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, some of these things were uh, connected with some of the outages that we saw last week happening. So, 
uh, we can touch Absolutely. base on that a little bit later on. The other aspect of this, just before we move off the numbers, is this, if I look at the um, the percentage of the US-centric outages, and this is something we can go into detail in a sort of another podcast, I guess, but but it accounted for sort of 26%. Um, the previous week, it was on the previous fortnight period, it was at 27% that the US outages occurred from that. And the reason I bring that up really is that um, what we've seen as a, evolving over the period of time, as I say, I look at these numbers all day, every day. <laughs> I see them in my sleep dancing. It's like that 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 uh, scene in Dumbo with the the pink elephants dancing around. I just see numbers coming from there. But 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 what it what it, what I'm seeing is that um, if you think about the US centric um, uh, providers and their providers around from there, they have large networks around uh, there as well. You make a change in one area there, even if it's an engineering change you will have almost a domino effect where it starts to come down and impact sort of other regions around from there. We have this, this large coming across in there. But what I've started to see now, sort of seeing it decrease from like a 46% um, uh, uh, centric um, uh, influence coming down to sort of these 20s there. So what that kind of tells, like I said, I said well, I won't go into it now, we can go into it sort of more detail. There's an improvement around how you reducing that impact. Now, some of this might be coming from evolution, well, I'm assuming some of it might become an evolution of the technology. So we're moving to some sort of more SDN, some software defined type environments there. But, but also some of it's actually becoming more aware of how the interconnection dependencies um, uh, uh, connect together. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, the thing is like, if you think about networks, right? It's a tier one uh, or even tier zero service, you know, if, if the yeah. network goes down, yeah. everything goes down, right? Like there's like a negative cascading effect. And, you know, uh, even though we as a industry came really, uh, really far, um, I think it's still uh, to a certain degree fragile environment, even though the changes that are small in nature uh, that should be yeah. benign actually could have negative effects. And now, you know, depending yeah. on uh, how good your visibility and network monitoring is and stuff like that, and how much do you care to, in fact, not how much do you care, what's the granularity of the visibility that you have, you know, you're going to see that impact and, you know, potentially uh, your customers are going to see negative effects of these. Uh, of these changes. So uh, again, exactly. like, you know, networks are kind of fragile, you know, uh, and as you start doing the changes, which you must do, you know, it's an inevitable cycle of, of, of the industry, you know, you're going to see the effect even for the things that should have been benign. Exactly, exactly. So let's shift gears and uh, let's take a look into some of the outages we've seen over the past couple of weeks in a little bit more detail. All right. So throughout January, we've observed several outages and disruptions uh, that both reinforce this need to actually sort of look what's going on from there. You just talked about that understanding of the visibility, my dependencies coming from there, but also pose challenges around sort of when it comes up to appropriate monitoring, you know, what do we actually need around from there? So the first one I just want to touch on really sort of happened on uh, January 11th around from there. It was the FAA outage there. Um, and it caused the US airspace to be temporarily closed down when the, um, the, the FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration's um, the, the air, uh, notice, so what is it, the uh, NOTAM, the Federal Aviation Administration's notice to air missions, which is effectively their, um, the, the manifest, so the, 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 the ability to sort of um, information sharing, so I'm desperately trying to get out there, for, for the aircraft to be able to take off. And it's sort of this manifest and everything around there, we actually sort of need the information so that we can have our flight plans locked and everything from there so they can actually sort of get on. 
SAS systems down. They grounded everything, off. right? Correct. That, yeah. 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 And th this is this is kind of significant from there. So so the initial explanation that came out from that was it was a damaged database file, and it then turned out that it was accidentally. Um, deleted uh, that file from there. So there was a dependency on a particular file. So there wasn't a network issue, but there was a dependency within the application itself. Um, you know, this, this file that ran from there. But it does pose a couple of problems or, or, or questions, not problems, right? Because a couple of questions that I can think of there. So one is this is a 24 by seven uh, system. You know, this 11,000 flights actually grounded. We couldn't actually take off from there. The flow on effect in terms of scheduling and, and cancel flights. And I had a cancel flight last week, and I know that's annoying that can be. Um, so so it's, it's this flow on effect. But, but so I can't interrupt this system. So I can't do chaos engineering. I can't test this system to my dependencies on. How could I go about actually sort of verifying this um, around or what are the steps I might be able to take, sort of assume to, to, to mitigate my risk that this might not happen again? You know, that, that's a good question. I think that uh, majority of these cases similar to this one are going to uh, tie it back uh, to operational excellence, honestly. Like, it's really hard uh, to predict, you know, what's going to happen in certain scenarios. And not that alone, like, in majority of the cases, to your point, you might be dealing with... Um, legacy systems that were built maybe decades ago as part of which, you yeah. know, deleting a single file is going to have negative cascading effect on complete application and going to ground a complete fleet in the US, right? Which is it, kind of like really surprising if you think about it. In 2023, you know, when we, where we are taught to build highly redundant uh, uh, applications that can survive these kind of like, you know, partial outages and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, having a single file being deleted, you know, uh, both in, in the production and on the backup causes like really big problem. Ultimately, it comes down to the operational excellence, you know, um, do you have your change management procedure ready? Is it properly reviewed? You know, um, are you ensuring that you are potentially lim limiting the blast radius of your change? Who reviewed your change? You know, whether a sufficiently experienced person is uh, uh, executing the change itself. Those are all the questions that one needs to ask, you know, uh, to a certain degree, until better times as part of this, these applications are modernized, uh, needs to be asked. Yeah, that's, 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 that's good. That's, yeah, the operational excellence is there. It's a process, and we've got process and people have to be involved across them here. And then the other aspect, of obviously, then you add the visibility on top. You can go on for that one there. Let me just sort of change a little bit just to, to, to start to go into another, another outage there. Okay. So on January 19th, uh, we observed a range of web applications sort of going down. So, you know, we can see here sort of PayPal, Cash App, Target, Reddit going down from there. Uh, the fact when we typically see sort of these go down here, we, we're looking for some common one. We've just been mentioning <laughs> about the fact about, yeah, we were, we were joking around those sort of common aggregating points. But when I see some pattern like this, I'm spread across different applications. I'm looking for some sort of common host or something in from there. So if I actually then go to look at that from the server network, what I start to see here is, is Fastly. So Fastly is actually from here. So I start to see uh, um, uh, indication of where my potential problem kind of lies. We're looking at an application layer, but also what I actually see there is actually really short. And the reason I've picked this out is for, for, for a couple of reasons and why it's sort of notable from there. And, and, and for one of those, it was that it was really clean, right? So it was actually a clean, it was a six minute outage from there uh, that came from there. It was identified and sort of mitigated uh, going off from there. And it was a, what I call a light switch. It was, there was no problems, there was problems, 
there was uh, escalation problems and there was a resolution when it went from there. It was turned off, it was turned on, it went from, from that one there. And the other thing I want to sort of point out for this is that Farsi were really good about getting the information out from here. What they identified it was being is they, they, they identified there that it was um, uh, a, a, an issue that occurred uh, after a change they actually made. They recognized that there was a problem and they rolled it back. And then we actually sort of saw straight away this sort of change. We went from there, the rollback and the, the, the rectification of then come back online. Very small duration. So they, they came back and they said from there, it was really interesting, it was short. The time of day it was actually occurring from there is also indicative of what was going on in terms of, one, we've identified the terms of change, but we saw it happening at the top of the hour. And it was also at 6 p.m., which is kind of interesting, which I sort of like to explore. So one of the type of things we make about that, why, why would I make a change at, at 6 p.m.? Um, I realize it was a very small impact in terms of six minutes, but you know, what are we starting to see or what do you think about patterns of, of those sorts of things happening? Yeah, the thing is like, uh, the first thing that I observed when it comes to this event is uh, the fact that they were really spot on when it comes to, we observed the issue on the status page, you know, we are doing remediation, we identified it and we are remediating. Like, I think that communication here was spot on and like kudos yeah. to uh, Fastly on that one. Uh, now, uh, again, operational excellence is a big topic of, uh, I guess, today's uh, conversation. Like, this is something is. that probably slipped slipped in, right? Uh, uh, did the unexpected thing, and, you know, fortunately enough for uh, Fastly, they discovered it really fast and rolled back. However, interesting thing when it comes to all CDN and DDoS providers is the fact that they have like this enormous impact when something like this happens, <clears throat> right? Yeah. So, for example, what's going to happen is like, you know, they are essentially, um, uh, people are advertising all of their stuff to them and then they are re-advertising that to the rest of the internet or depends on how it's configured, right? But essentially the first request for any kind of service that uses CDN usually uh, gets terminated within the CDN network, right? And, you know, this is a perfect example as part of which when you show the server network, uh, Thing, how uh, Internet Insights very quickly uh, collapsed into Fastly's ASN or Fastly's yeah. network, right? Uh, which actually speaks a lot about the Internet Insight itself, how quickly you can actually narrow down where the potential issue is as well. I, I really like that functionality and, you know, uh, that was, was pretty nice as well. Uh, but yeah, in general, like it's operational excellence. Uh, these CDNs similar uh, uh, are gonna have the global effect always, just due to the nature of the business that they are in. Similar to DDoS preventing uh, companies as well. Uh, however, um, it's not the first time we are seeing something like this. It's not the last time. Uh, if you can recall, uh, middle last year or something like that, it was like this yeah, huge Akamai outage that affected everyone as well. You know yeah. now. The difference between this one and the Akamai outage is the fact that Fastly recognized uh, it, the scale was different. Like, yes, well, the scale was global. The fast at which you were resolving the issue was significantly uh, faster. So, uh, again, kudos to, to Fast in this particular case. But let's move on now, really, to a, a really quite another subtle outage again. So no pictures here, but I want to just talk this one through because it was it was fascinating. So on January 17th, with a subset of Microsoft 365 users in the Eastern US, right? so Eastern US uh, uh, seaboard up through from there, sort of Massachusetts area around there, reported application issues. Right? Microsoft opened, themselves, opened investigations, uh, and after an hour, they said it was, wasn't 
a typical application issue there. It was a very specific bunch of users from there. And they identified, they, they notified that there's that telemetry indicated there was a Microsoft managed network environment is healthy. So everything on their side was good, but it was actually limited to a specific ISP. What was, you know, they, and this went through and they, they were then able to identify within the ISP itself. Uh, there was a common denominator, which ISP it was from there. They notified them um, and then for a combination of resets and traffic rerouting, the ISP was actually be able to resolve it and the application accessibility problems went away they got from there. Right, so the outage, you know, in terms of global aspect, it was there. Uh, <laughs> I used to live in Massachusetts, so I can feel their pain about sort of not having that connectivity. But what was really subtle around around there was this, 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 this concept that was impacting one application, all right? So it's only affecting Microsoft 365. All other applications they had running across from there are using the same ISP, from these endpoints was actually running uh, from there. Um, it's it's not clear exactly what went wrong on the ISP side, um, but I have seen this situation before. Right, so I've seen it in a couple of instances. There's this 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 complex interaction between the application and the network itself. It's not just a question of understanding. It's it's uh, we have connectivity. You know, we're more than rails. The network is going to interact with the application, and the application is going to interact with the network in different ways in different areas across from there. That's correct, right? Uh, and this again speaks to the fact that, you know, even though we went through a really long path of, you know, uh, uh, improving uh, uh, our networks, improving uh, resiliency and stuff like that, they are still very fragile, right? Exactly. Uh, the thing is like, you know, in this particular case, we are speaking about really large tier one provider right uh they have a global footprint and depending on how about uh, microsoft was advertising their prefixes for that particular service or set of services it, it really depends like you know uh whether that was like isolated to the, the prefix was itself isolated to the uh, service itself or it was like spread across different services right that's the first thing that we, we would need to look into the second thing is like you know it all depends on how this uh global provider was uh routing their prefix right mm -hmm. and potentially it, it was routed on uh routed towards the path which potentially had some issues now uh, you know, internet is quite interesting medium. A lot of different things can happen, as you already know, right? Like sometimes you're going to deal with the over-utilization on certain interfaces, right? Uh, sometimes you're going to have a CRC error that's corrupting like a large portion <laughs> of the network. And sometimes you see like isolated example as part of which, uh, you know, from really not any kind of obvious reason, single applications being affected. Now, to your yeah. point, whether that's like some tuple that's, you know, um, being affected for that specific thing or something like that, like who who really knows, right? Without, and, you know, that speaks about also requirements of having a really good RCAs, you know. Uh, yeah. RCA is not just for the company to say, look, like we identified the issue, right? Uh, there's a problem with, there's a problem that we observed and it's not about, you know, publishing that so that people can blame them. It's actually for the community to learn from it, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's really interesting. And you, know, you talked about the RCA, the root cause analysis around from, from, from there. And and that's an interesting, interesting point because I want to, again, I want to put a pin in that. I want to take that because how much information should, I totally agree. If I can do it and I can learn from it, but then how much information should I actually pass on to there? And I think we're going to sort of touch on that a little bit when we when we sort of move on to the uh, to the next outage, which in this case actually is a Microsoft outage, 
uh, but I'm going to leave it to you to actually sort of take us through there, Kamal. This was a pretty large, uh, large scale outage that Microsoft experienced. So uh, what really happened is that on Wednesday, January 25th, around um, 7.05 UTC, Microsoft observed um, issue as part of which uh, multiple services such as Outlook, Teams, uh, SharePoint, and others uh, were uh, started being really unresponsive to the customers. Looking uh, into more details about the event, uh, here at Thousand Eyes, we observed that this was clearly uh, BGP related e event or, or, you know, something that affected BGP to that point. Uh, and if you look at the collectors that we have, pretty much everything uh, went to red, which is quite indicative about, you know, what went on. That's, that's really good. There's, there's a couple of things that come out, out from there. And, and I should probably preface this by saying that you've actually just written a rather brilliant blog that uh, we'll put the, in the show notes around from there. And I know you and Angelique have just done um, an internet uh, 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 report podcast which goes into detail so i strongly urge everybody to go and listen and read that they'll give you a real detailed understanding and and, uh, and analysis of what went on from there but what i want to sort of just take around around from there so there's a, a couple of interesting points so we now know uh from there that the microsoft has said that um this was a result of uh, a configuration change where they actually tried to make a change to a um an ip address i believe on one of their wan uh routers around from there um how could then then sort of talk us through a little bit how would that manifest itself is, it, is there any way they could have actually got out of this sort of this this uh massive degradation that went on when it came came around from there or, or was that just the nature of the change that was made uh that's a really good question mike so uh, this event is uh quite interesting in its own nature so based on the preliminary rca that microsoft published uh it looks like obviously it was a ip address change on the van uh on the van device right now yep. If you think about it, uh, and if you think about how BGP works, this, this really shouldn't have happened if you think about it, okay. right? Um, you know, uh, worst case scenario, you change the loopback IP address of the uh, device that everyone is peering with, everyone uh, tore, tore, tore down the BGP sessions, uh, prefixes get withdrawn, right? That's the scenario. And, you know, Microsoft is 100% operating highly redundant, uh, highly reliable network. Like it's it's out of question whether that was a problem, right? Like it's not for sure that that's, that, that's not a problem, right? However, like what then can explain this kind of event, right? That's the real question here. Yeah. Um, I, think, I, I think in this event, uh, we might have seen like two events unfold. The first one is like there was this IP address change that caused the effect, right? Uh, there was a negative, quite big global uh, outage, quite visible to customers and, you know, everyone that was, uh, you know, taking a look. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure that there was a lot of internal pages, SRE teams and RE teams being engaged to, engaged to see like the health of the services that they are usually monitoring. And then they realized, okay, you know, there is this networking change that happened, you know, in the typical and normal human uh, uh, reaction to events such as this one is let's roll back, right? Yeah. However, in this particular case, if you roll back, you're gonna cause all of this change all over, over, all over uh -huh. again. So that's gotcha. what I think was happening at 7.42, right? Like, I think, like, they essentially rolled back, and that caused, again, this flux of BGP updates um, that potentially caused the CPUs to spike quite a lot, you know, try to co uh, compute the uh, what goes into forwarding tables and stuff like that. Now, you know, again, 
modern couple, you know, van devices should be able to uh, compute this in a really short amount of time. However, uh, we are not speaking about a typical company here. We are speaking about this Microsoft, which is really well peered yep. uh, yep. with multiple transit providers, multiple peering uh, and transit routers, you know. Uh, so, you know, uh, size of the ribs were really large, right? Probably. Yep. And what I'm speaking now is one of the theories that, that could explain what they were seeing. Essentially, if this was to happen on a really busy, uh, interconnected, interpeered uh, root reflector, uh, you know, yeah. we might see something like that as part of which, you know, the collector itself is having a problem to recomputate, you know, uh, then it's re-advertising prefixes. Everyone else is busy churning the large uh, routing tables and stuff like that, you know, and then you roll it back at the top of that again, causing it to do it all over again. The other yeah. scenario that I was thinking about is, you know, potentially SDN controller that, you know, holds the complete logic and, you know, intelligence over the what really gets installed into FIBS goes offline, right? From, from the IP address change perspective right. or something like that. You know, devices yeah. lose uh, devices lose uh, intelligence. They start to computing stuff and stuff like that. Uh, both of these theories are something that could have happened in in large scale environment. And I'm just speaking, uh, you know, from the network experience, network engineering experience uh, from large scale company perspective. Finally, on that point, there is that one of the things you know we're always on about status pages and in this case the status page was was reads me up today we're still behind the occurring you know the <laughs> mm -hmm. the um the alerts we call we were seeing alerts coming out from there it was immediate from there um what do you think in terms of delivering the information across the status page how much should they have put across on us how much do you think they could have put across on a status page and how much is it beholden effectively on you as a user or you as a customer to have that visibility. Uh, it's a, it's an interesting balance, I think, right? So the first thing is like it, you as a end user or as a company that heavily relies on uh, software as a service application, such as Office 365 is, you know, I fundamentally believe that you should have your own monitoring set. And not just from this uh, perspective, from this particular even perspective, in uh, like it could have been any other service right and yeah. we you know if if experience taught us anything it's that it happens to everyone like there's no company that haven't suffered similar outage in like reasonable time right the other thing is like you really want to be in a position to uh, rule out where the issue is right and so without visibility you don't have you know uh possibility to see where the problem was so for example like if i was a SaaS user at the time the you know uh I might be asking myself, you know, is it really my network or it's Microsoft, right? And I would yeah. potentially suspect that it's my network or my network, given the all the experience uh, and uh, you know um, high levels of um, uptime that Microsoft usually provides. Regardless of like you know what's the information that uh, and how quickly a provider is providing information on there you know, you should really uh, strive towards your own visibility, not just for the services that are in the cloud, for your own services that you are operating uh, 
pretty much for everything. You want to be in position where you are the, uh, in the control, right? Uh, yeah. And then the other thing is the other thing is like how much information goes into the uh, these public advertisements. I think like better question would be how quickly do you provide information that you are dealing with the issue? Like sure. that's more meaningful sure. to customer, right? But the second yeah. thing is like. Uh, kudos to Microsoft also here for being transparent and providing glimpse of what really happened. What I ultimately want to see is like essentially what I can learn from it and you know how can I uh, improve my own network based on someone else's experience, which is the best case, you know, best case going forward. Exactly, that's the whole point. Yeah, we, and we've, we've come full circle to that single aggregating point that does it, but also that community learning providing visibility. And it's you, you've hit a nail on the head there. Well, certainly from my perspective, is that the thing I, I want to know is where where is the issue? Who's responsible for fixing that issue? Um, and therefore, they have the inf enough information at that point to either mitigate it or sit and wait it out. Thanks very much, Kamal. As always, mate, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. It's been my pleasure speaking about these outages, and I hope to see you in um, uh, one of the upcoming uh, Pulse episodes in the future. Absolutely. You're, uh, you're, you're top of my list for guests, mate. Don't worry about that. So that's our show. Don't forget to like, subscribe and follow us on Twitter. As always, if you have questions, feedback, whether it be good, bad or ugly, or guests you'd like to see featured on the show, send us a note at internetreport at thousandeyes.com. Uh, that's also where new subscribers can claim a free T-shirt. So just send us your address and T-shirt size and we'll get that right over to you. So until next time, goodbye. <laughs>